Now that I've had a chance to talk to a social scientist engaged in policy-oriented work, I felt I needed to talk to someone who would try to find out about the hidden homeless, the people who were difficult to study. So now I've come to Brighton to meet Annabel Thomas, who's been attempting to find out about the experiences of homeless women. Annabel, what led you to investigate the lives of homeless women in Brighton? Well, I was a third-year student at Sussex University looking for a project, a topic to investigate. I went to a talk given by Jenny Backwell, Brighton Housing Trust, where she talked about the need for homeless research in the field of homelessness. And she drew a line linking what was done in universities to the experience of homeless women in particular. And so that's how I started. I'd go into the field of homelessness, I'd look for a gap where research was needed. Only it wasn't a gap that I found. I found a huge hole. Really, this is uncharted territory. Very little knowledge. Tell us about how you went about gathering evidence. What problems did you face when starting out? When I first started out, I knew very little, and my contacts were few. But once I think you get going, then things begin to snowball. I had a lot of help from Brighton Housing Trust. They introduced me to workers in the field and to homeless women. And I got a lot of encouragement from them. I certainly couldn't have begun without that initial help. Now, I worked as a volunteer in First Base Day Centre one day a week in order to make contact with homeless people and to get some idea of um, the lives of the people that used this day centre. That helped enormously. Really, what it takes is time. You get to know one person who then introduces you to another person. You get help from the workers, from social workers, manageresses. So, in a sense, the gathering of the evidence was secondary to initially making contact simply being known, getting your face recognised. Now, in some cases, like First Base Day Centre, I had a huge amount of help. I couldn't have done it without them. But in other cases, you weren't always, you didn't always find the help. One hostel in Brighton didn't allow me to come in. I decided that if I couldn't go inside, then I'd have to wait outside and ask the women as they came in and out of the hostel. I felt that in this case, perhaps the hostel was being a little overprotective. And I reasoned that the women were able to make their own decision, that they could tell me no if they didn't want to talk to me. But I also, of course, respected the manageress's decision not to let me in, but felt that it was okay to approach the women outside. After all, my research was about gathering their understanding. And so that's what I did. Did you find that the homeless women were quite suspicious of you at first? Wary of you, perhaps? Yes, very, very much so. Homeless women are very suspicious. They have no reason to trust you. They have histories where their trust has been abused. So it's not right that you should expect them to trust you. And, of course, this is important. How did you win their trust? By being very direct, by telling them up front, this is who I am, this is what I want, and giving them time to see that there was no other hidden agenda, that I was you know, a student who was trying to help to be respectful and, you know, that's how you do it. Tell us about how you actually gathered evidence. Now, once I'd gained entry to the places where homeless women met and, and gathered, the problem was what evidence to gather. What did I want to know? What was the question of my research? And I decided that the big question was, what does home mean to homeless women? How did you decide which methods would be useful in this case? In the end, I found a way of asking about what home means two homeless women, which was tailor-made really for this particular population in these particular circumstances. And this is what I now call the visual life history interview. In my first interview, I realised that 
A housing history is a lot of information, and it wasn't appropriate for me simply to take times and dates and experiences in a checklist form. I wanted her to tell me what her experience of housing was. We took a large piece of paper, that's what we did, and I asked her, what was the first place you ever lived in? And how long were you there for? And where was it? And whose was it? So really, it was a long line drawn on a piece of paper with the dates added. You can't just ask somebody for their housing history. This is not something they've thought of before, perhaps. But if you draw it, if you draw a line, they can see it. Then you draw the schooling, because most people can remember the first day of school. She wouldn't necessarily remember where she lived when she was five years old, but she would remember what school she went to. From that, I could then find out she could recall more easily. Remember, these are histories that are marked by residential instability. 25 moves, and, and the woman is only 17. So it's very difficult for her, with all these moves, to accurately remember. So we drew it, the schooling, the birthdays, other important life events, in order to tally time and place. What did you learn about the lives of homeless women that other methods had failed to deliver? Well, other methods had gathered the experience of homeless women, and we know a great deal about this now. But there was no measure taken of the homeless woman's own understanding of this experience. The homeless woman's experience was understood by someone else, and what I wanted to do was to gather the understanding of the woman herself. I had initially looked at the research on homelessness, and I recognised that although... The definition of homelessness differed from one research programme to another research programme. What they all had in common was to define homeless as a housing issue, an inability to access or sustain secure and independent housing. Many women who don't consider themselves homeless would be homeless in this definition. So is there a difference between the way that women with homes see the meaning of home and women without homes see the meaning of home? Women who were securely and safely housed tended to see home as, well, more than house, but home was dependent on friends and family. Housing was something that they simply assumed. But when I looked at homeless women, housing was a place where other people lived with you. What I found at the end of this research project, that the meaning of home is not necessarily held in place. For homeless women, it wasn't in place at all. It was in relationships. For homeless women, home is in a relationship with other people. And this is where the Visual Life History interview became really important. I'd ask the woman, having taken her history, which of these places was most like home to you? And which was least like home? I asked each woman to define the difference in meaning between a house and a home, and then I would ask them, ideal home, can you describe what your ideal home? I needed a measure of house, home and ideal home. And what I found was that... Where you find home is in the relationships. So her home was all over the place. It was a good relationship here, it was a good relationship there. It was where she felt she could go and be safe. Home for homeless women is in a safe relationship. You obviously encountered some difficulties to begin with, but did it become less difficult over time? Well, someone famous once said that no matter how difficult a problem was, if you looked at it in the right way, it would become more difficult. And I think research is difficult, but it does become easier in the sense that you get to know your way around. So, for example, in my research, when I first started out, it seemed really difficult for me to meet and find homeless women. 
they they really were hidden. I couldn't find them. I couldn't access them. Now, four years down the road, really, I know so many homeless women, and now I have any number that I can see them everywhere. So in one sense, although it remains difficult, it does get easier, like anything. Did your own perspective change? Yes, yes, and it changed right at the beginning. I approached a homeless woman and asked her if she would be interested in an interview that I was conducting. And I was standing up and she was sitting down on the street, and this is Brighton's High Street, you know, uh, the street that I'd only ever thought of walking down. Never, never thought of sitting on. And I sat down next to her, and it was there that I realised that the world looked completely different. Not only was I doing something I'd never done before, streets aren't designed for sitting on, really, but it did, it changed me. That was a, a big experience. If I could give myself some advice, the advice I wish somebody had given me when I began, it would be this, that you shouldn't be frightened of being ignorant. You shouldn't worry because you don't understand. At the beginning of my project, it was because I didn't understand the homeless woman that became interesting to me. You shouldn't assume, I shouldn't have assumed that I would understand. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been so worried about knowing so little. It was knowing so little, I think, that helped me understand. And what I should have done more often, and now I do all the time, is simply to say, I don't understand. Explain to me. And not be worried about being stupid. <laughs> this has been an incredible journey. I just about managed to fulfil the challenge on housing issues, and I learnt a great deal in the process. Now, what can I do with this information? Well, I'm now in a position to think about existing social scientific practice in this area, and I suppose I can begin to formulate my own methodology. I can begin to define the key issues, isolate the problems which need to be considered, and I can begin to think carefully about the sorts of techniques which would help me conduct a study. But before I go off and do this, one part of the challenge has still been left undone. I should also use my experiences today to set up a new challenge. Now, when I talked to Chris, Lila and Annabel, a question suddenly hit me. If all of these very different approaches to housing and homelessness are examples of social science, what on earth does science mean? <laughs> 